Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph, and Nick. Welcome back to Five Yard Rush, guys. A bit of a empty, hollow studio today. We've been cut in half. Sparky's on business. Murph's away visiting family, so it's just Nick and I. How are you doing, Nick? Good, good. Hello, everyone. How was your fantasy weekend? Uh, seen better, seen better. <laughs> I'm in five leagues and I lost four of them. So I've, I've had a decent, uh, decent record so far this year. But today, oh, this week was uh, was a step in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> I know how that feels. I, most of my important leagues I lost out in, and the Sparky beat me in our original league by point nine of a point last night in the Green Bay game. That stung a little. So cheers, yeah, I don't know which is better than that because Josh beat me by I think about sixty points in the ESPN league, uh, which was one which is the one that I'm almost unbeaten in. So that I, I don't know which is worth bad week. Yeah, was it bye week causing you troubles or just no one turned up? Yeah, I think it, whenever the uh, the Saints aren't playing, I'm pretty much in trouble across all my leagues. So uh, uh, hopefully, th- better things to come. Well, there's only one bye week and that's passed. So yeah, exactly. So go find the podcast. You know, it's on Stitcher, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and then on social media is at Five Yard Rush, and that's YRD Rush. Still working on the full name. So we're going to do some news waivers and then. A bit of Murph on the streets, winners and losers, if we have time. We don't have Murph chomping down the microphone this week, so we might, we'll probably have time to get to everything. Uh, miss you guys, get back soon. So, should we start with the news, Nick? Let's do it. So, 
our list is a little bit discombobulated. We've put it together in a funny format, so we'll just run down the list. It is in no relevant terms whatsoever. And the first piece is that Kansas City had their first loss of the year last night. Um, yeah, last night. Last night, yeah. Um, sorry, baby brain, I'm all over the place. <laughs> last night, uh, they lost 43-40 to the Patriots. Brady led the game-winning drive and showed the up-and-coming quarterback how to finish a game. How it's done. They were unlucky. My home still looked great, yeah, I think. Yes. Like, people were kind of expect, coming into the game and there seemed to be a sort of consensus that Brady was just going to wipe the floor with him and sort of show him how it's done, but it seemed like he gave him a run for his money and, and was unlucky. I think uh, I was reading that uh, Brady said afterwards that he was pleased with how quickly the, the, <coughs> quickly the Chiefs scored because it gave him more time at the end. Uh, which was kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting observation. I don't think you normally expect, you normally hope for your team, the other teams, to score as quickly as possible, but uh, uh, works for him. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes went twenty-three of thirty-six for three hundred and fifty-two yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. Uh, didn't use his feet much, only had two rushes for nine yards, and finished with twenty-seven fantasy points in PPR. So, if you played him, you didn't have a bad week. No, it's just unlucky for him. And there's only one undefeated team now, and that's the Rams, and they played in a very cold Denver. Nick mm. was just saying he started Jared Goff in a few places, not knowing that it was 20 degrees Fahrenheit, which is like... Freezing. Yeah, I, I really should have been more switched on to that. But uh, it did seem like uh, as soon as the uh, the passing game w- was out of play, then uh, pretty much Todd Gurley would just pick up any slack. It was all he Todd Gurley. Yeah. <laughs> well, just... what did he, sc- he scored an insane so, number of, uh, of PPR points. Todd Gurley uh, was not the highest scoring running back. That was Saquon Barkley. But Todd Gurley scored 36.5 points in the 23-20 win over Denver. He had 28 rushings for 208 yards and two touchdowns. Um, only had two receptions, but like just said with Goff, it's because of the freezing conditions in Denver. The Rams are, well, they're unstoppable, really. He's justifying his consensus at a number one pick there. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's had 101 rushing attempts heading into week six, which is phenomenal. And he's had four runs of 20 yards plus on 28 carries so you know it's just phenomenal this close to the beginning of the season let alone the end of the season if you drafted Todd Gurley number one and were concerned about Lev Bell you didn't know who to take and you went for Todd Gurley congratulations you won the lottery there big time talking of Lev Bell he was seen in Pittsburgh on Monday at a gas station I hear Oh, not at the, not at the station, not at the, not oh, at the training camp. No, just just at, in a gas just station. In a gas so station. he's somewhere nearby. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. So, Which is probably not surprising, given that I imagine he doesn't live that far away. But but anyway, that was uh, it. Seemed to indicate that he was uh, looking like he was going to be back in the fold. Yeah, they're obviously on bye this week, and it's reported that he'll play week eight. But the Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin has said that he still wants Connor involved, and whether Le'Veon Bell will get as many touches as standard leagues normally get. I don't know. Well, after yeah, after a bit of a blip in weeks five and four and five, I yeah. think Connor was was back on form this week in, in a big way. This week, um, moving on, Adam Thielen is in our winners and losers later on, but it's his sixth straight one hundred yard receiving game. Probably the best receiver in fantasy at the moment, just because of his consistency, and he's the first player in Super Bowl era history to do that. So hats off to him. Pretty impressive. And a bit of sad news. Um, Paul Allen, Seahawks owner and, uh, and Microsoft co-founder, had uh, he died at the age of 65 due to cancer complica- complications, uh, which is, uh, of course, sad news. Uh, and our thoughts go out to him and his family. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, I guess we'll see what happens with uh, with the Seahawks, whether the uh, the franchise will be on the block or or whether it will go 
uh, to his family. Yeah, just talked about the Rams and how good they look. The Chicago defense is, well, absolutely <laughs> remarkable. I've dropped them in a couple of leagues this week for Baltimore, and no, sorry, I dropped Baltimore this week for the Rares in a few places. And although they did well, they didn't quite do as well as Baltimore. We'll get to them in a minute. But what, what seems to be super interesting about the, the the success there is that they've they I think they're tying the the um, uh, no, they're second in the league with 18 sacks despite having a bye week uh, and on course to tie the single season sack record of 72. What's particularly remarkable is that they're leading the league in, league in sacks despite hardly ever blitzing, um, defining that as uh, sending five or more pass rushes at the QB. Um, and actually at uh, five blitzes per game, they're last in the league. So it's it's pretty impressive that they're achieving that, that uh, level of pressure on the quarterback despite uh, a sort of blitz-free defense. Yeah, basically means Marlon Mack is a blitz all on his own, and they don't need to bring extra pressure. Which, yeah, and yeah. they played Miami this week, so with uh, two holes in their O line. Yes, yeah. and yeah, fire up your Bears, don't drop them. Zane Gonzalez is apparently trying out for teams in the next two weeks. The misses in week two versus the Saints were apparently due to a groin injury. I'm not sure how relevant that is. Has a kicker ever not had a groin injury? Has a kicker ever had a non-groin injury? I, I don't know. I imagine it seems maybe. like every single kicker gets groin yeah. injuries. But then if you see them kick and how high they get their feet yeah, up to their true. shoulder, my groin would go as well. <laughs> it's still a great job, though. I take it every day. Well, apparently CBS Jason Lacanfora is reporting that Patrick Peterson could be on the trading block. Big news for you, that. Yeah, that would be disappointing. I, I hadn't spotted that. Um, yeah, that would be that would be sad. I, I think the the defense is the one thing to like about the Cardinals at this point in time. Um, maybe we'll come on to uh, Christian Kirk in a bit. We spoke about him a bit last week, but I think that's another bright spot. But and Patrick Peterson is a kind of key leader of that defense. Yeah, um, lockdown corner. The Ravens set a team record eleven sacks on Sunday. <laughs> like I said, I didn't start them, and it hurt. They went hunting for it when they were hit. Sorry. <clears throat> They went hunting for it when they sacked Mariota twice in the final three plays to set the record. I think they had nine by then and, and thought, well, let's go after this. We're winning by nothing to nothing. And they got it, yeah, 11 sacks. They are fierce, absolutely fierce. And Tennessee look in all sorts of trouble. Any thoughts on Tennessee as a team, Nick? Yeah, I mean, it's one of these teams that just doesn't seem to be getting it right so far this year. I think there's a. It's interesting how there's a lot of the teams are just kind of converging on this low to middle ground. You've got one or two standouts, but then there's a, a, a lot which is just struggling to kind of get anywhere. Um, and I, I'll kind of stick them in that bucket. Yeah, definitely. I know in draft season, Dion Lewis, Derek Henry, Corey Davis were all sort of big breakouts because apparently the Titans had a run game now and then Corey Davis off his injured rookie season was going to come in and be the one and I drafted him I know several people also were high on him and he's just absolutely stunk so far and for me he's not a cut but he's definitely benchable at the moment and it's it's, un, it's unfortunate really moved down to Florida now Tannehill didn't make start Brock Osweiler came in and did un-Brock Brock Osweiler sort of things he was pretty good I don't I try and get his numbers in front of me right now, but the Dolphins beat the Bears, which was unusual. Oh, that was a pretty bit of a thriller, wasn't it? That yeah, it was. It came down to the line. I remember because we were watching Red Zone, and uh, with sort of three, four minutes left to play in the in the fourth quarter, I think there were six or seven teams all within a, a, a score of one another. So I think the the Red Zone coordinator had some problems uh, getting uh, getting the right thing on the screen at the right time because all, all of the games to, like came down to the wire. 
Uh, except the Cardinals. <laughs> they went down 20 points by that point. <laughs> Mentioned earlier that the Bears have the Dolphins this week. That was last week, sorry. Misread the notes there. Uh, Brock Osweiler, that name is a real tongue twister on, on, on audio. He uh, had 28 of 44 for 380 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Which, he does throw picks, but the Bears just couldn't capitalise on anything on offence. And it hurt. And I think a loss to the Dolphins really hurts their record just because of how competitive that division is. Calvin Ridley got an ankle injury and left early in the game versus the Bucks. Sad to see after his breakout. Yeah, pretty much the only really outstanding rookie rookie wide receiver, it seems, at least in fantasy. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's kind of, and I don't think he was too highly rated going into the draft. So, yeah, sad to see if, he, if he's out for a serious period of time. Yeah. Uh, Sanu also injured in that game, so there's a little bit about Austin Hooper later on in in the waivers, and there's Julio Jones surely must now get a touchdown. <laughs> there's nobody else to throw to in the red zone apart from Julio, so if you've got Julio, don't despair. Now, the Raiders are woeful. Came to London this Sunday and got blazed by the Seahawks. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty miserable outing. I didn't go, but... The Raiders... That's a horrible flight back. Like, yeah. What is it, like 12 hours or something back to Oakland? Yeah. With John Gruden giving it to you as a no thank you. Yeah. Apparently Cooper, Carl Joseph and maybe even Derek Carr on the trade block within the next two weeks. Cooper suffered a nasty concussion. Uh, I don't know who hit him but it was a helmet's helmet and it looked like he got knocked out um, after the Brandon Cooks one. They've introduced this helmet rule but are not bringing up hits that are blatantly obvious and how people are getting ejected for when quarterbacks are sliding and there's a slight helmet to helmet yeah alright you've hit his helmet but when you're when Cooper and Cooks are getting hit like this it's just ridiculous yeah it, why, why bring it in the first place there needs to be some kind of coordination amongst yeah. the referees or some sort of challenge from the teams being able to challenge helmet rule hits because if they see it and the refs don't they should be mm. able to throw their challenge flag and say look this is ridiculous mm. So yeah, expect big things from the Raiders or absolutely nothing. Standard Raiders, really. Uh, Quincy and Noonwar, Jets wide receivers, suffered an ankle injury and didn't return in the Jets' blowout of the Colts. The Jets are an absolute offensive powerhouse at the moment. I think they've scored 72 points in the last two weeks. There's a little bit more about that in the waivers. But Quincy and Noonwar is a big loss. But actually, breaking news... As of about an hour ago, Rashad Matthews, former Titans wide receiver, has been training, trialling out, sorry, with the Jets this afternoon. So if Anunwa does miss a long time, Rashad Matthews is a pretty good replacement for him. It was nice to see Ryan Shazir walk back on Heinz Field this weekend. Uh, just see him get healthy is really nice and maybe one day suit up again for the Steelers. It would be good to see, you know, he brings so much to that defence. This is just a bonus for them. Next bit, this bit's for you, Murph. Mike Smith, the Bucks DC has been fired. There's and... just a lot of exclamation marks after this, after woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Murph is obviously excited about that. Oh, the, the Bucks defence has been abysmal. Well, I think we'll come on to that a bit later on. But... Yeah. Yeah. Like a sieve that is just holes the size of planets as opposed to it's just awful. Um, I'm not sure there's any more news, Nick. You got anything else? No, no, I think that's it. Let's uh, let's move on. So here come the waivers again. These are in some form of odd <laughs> it's sort of positioning. With Murph away on family travel, he's done absolutely stellar work with the admin. 
but it could have been better Murph come on up your game son <laughs> so we'll start with Murph's waivers and at quarterback he's got one of his boys Buccaneer Jameis Winston now he's only 57% owned and I think their schedule was pretty good but Last season, he told his teammates to eat the W. I don't know if you saw that on the sidelines. I did not, know. Yeah, and if he's something like 1-14 or 1-7, one of those two, since saying that to his teammates. Oops. So, yeah, not not a great move there, Jameis. That's I, 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 he has managed to cement his position. Uh, obviously, we had the uh, the excitement of the Fitzmagic in the first few games of the season, but it's clear that he is the uh, uh, the standout player in that team. And, Absolutely. Uh, you got any quarterbacks, Nick? Uh, I did. I hang on. Where are we? We're scrolling right down. Um, so one of them is Mitch Trubisky. One of them is Mitch Trubisky, but I think that was yours. So I'll leave you to talk about him. Okay. Um, but I also like Baker Mayfield coming to this week. He had a pretty poor week against the Chargers last week, but as we just mentioned, the Bucks' defense is is pretty awful. And I mean, it's always when you look at always the case when you look at Cleveland, like they just have a huge amount of talent. And Landry, Callaway, Nyoku coming into his own. I think recently, uh, like I think uh, as a streaming quarterback option, I think you've got to like him. Yeah, their schedule is pretty tasty as well. And I'm actually playing this week in our two quarterback league. As uh, what's his face? Russell Wilson is on bye after travelling to London. Um, so yeah, Mitch Trubisky, he is Nick and I both like him as a pickup this week. He's taking on the Patriots, and he's going to have to put his foot down to keep up the Patriots' offense. He's only twenty three percent owned, and the Bears can score points. Mm, I picked him up, uh, I think, three weeks ago. Oh no, two weeks ago. Immediately after his kind of blowout game, uh, who was that against? escapes me right now um, but I picked him up after that played him the next week and he didn't do so well but uh, that was in a two quarterback league and, uh, but I, I think he's really coming to his own he's getting the long ball going And uh, yeah they were unlucky not to score another like one there. this weekend Trey Burton got called back on some sort of interference call or something like that or holding and that would have been another TD there I like Sam Darnold as well he's got the Vikings this week which is a much tougher prospect than the Broncos or the Colts have put up over the last few weeks but like we said earlier they've put up 76 points in the last two weeks more of a deeper league play Sam Darnold but if you're chasing the points he is only 9% owned moving on to running backs have you got yours in front of you Nick? Yeah, I've got uh, Ito Smith, only 9% owned on ESPN. Uh, he seems to have capitalised a bit better than Tevin Coleman on the injury of Devonta Freeman at, at the, at the uh, Atlanta. Um, I mean, Coleman's still getting a slightly larger share of the targets, as, as far as I'm aware. But um, Smith has been getting a lot of red zone work. He's only averaged 3.2 yards on his 32 attempts, so not particularly uh, sort of productive from a yardage perspective. But he has got three touchdowns, and uh, I think especially in standard leagues, he's uh, an interesting one to pick up. Yeah. Um, especially if, if the running back position is, is short, which it is in a lot of places. I think he's uh, one that seems to have a decent floor. Yeah, I mean, I picked him up in our dynasty league because I was ahead of the game. Yeah, I, you know... <laughs> trying to do this for a living <laughs> um, yeah I picked him up just because I was really I traded for Devonta Freeman midweek hoping he'd be back this week but he's already been ruled out for Monday Night Football so Smith will remain in my starting position at running back and if Freeman does miss significant time it's definitely a 50-50 split with Tevin Coleman and if Coleman was to go injured then Smith is the man there yeah he's what you say was like 3% owned or something 13% Nine, 9% 9% so yeah. Pretty low as well. Um, running backs, I've got Duke Johnson. Now, he's been terrible for the first six weeks of the season, five weeks. But then this week, 
turned up and finally looked like the Duke of Old against the Chargers. He also now takes on the Buccaneers, who have allowed 300, over 300 yards passing every game this season. Duke Johnson has obviously been dropped all over the place because of his poor start to the season, but he's only 33% owned and is there catching back. So in PPR, he's a diamond. Marlon Mack is another one of mine. He was massively impressive on his return. Sort of cemented his place as the lead back there. Naheem Hines only had three rushes. Robert Turbin had four, and Jordan Wilkins became irrelevant with zero. So Mack is definitely the man there, and he's only 29% owned because of his injury at the beginning of the season. I like him going forward. Mm. And then this one's for you, Merv. Peyton Barber, Buccaneers running back. He was all but trodden into the ground because he was terrible. Ronald Jones is even worse. He's no threat to Peyton Barber. And then Peyton Barber busts off 82 yards of 13 carries and then has another 24 yards of four catches and a touchdown. And like I just said, Rojo, he's no threat to him whatsoever. Yeah, he really highlights the problem with drafting rookies. Like, I mean, that was one that he was he was probably the number two or number three after Darius Geis, who was yep. never to be heard of again, the or maybe he will be heard of, heard of again, uh, but not this season. And uh, and obviously Saquon Barkley, Ronald Jones was number three, and he's nowhere to be seen. Nope. Just have a quick look, see if Murph's got Latavius any. Murray is the one that Murph had there, 46% owned, so only probably available in, in, in more deeper, in shallower leagues. Um, he's had a great week last week. I actually benched him, which was frustrating. Because he's been pants. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, whether it was a flash in the pan or whether he can uh, actually score points going forward, I don't know what the Vikings schedule looks is off the top of my head, but uh, he's potentially another option uh, if he's available. Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> Dalvin Cook should be back as well, so I'm not sure what sort of work they'll get. The Vikings are at new... Actually, their schedule's not bad. They've got the Jets this week, then they take on New Orleans, and then they've got Detroit, and then they're into their bye. So the next three games are fairly favourable for running backs. Yeah. Just depends if Cook's fit or not. Pick him up. And he's also got Donta Foreman, Texans running back. Now, Lamar Miller has been pretty poor, I'd Wanted to say other words there, but couldn't because of the uh, friend, public-friendly rating we have on the podcast. I didn't know that. Uh, watch my language in future. Yeah, well, yeah, we've got, we got a bit of borderline last week. I think. <laughs> Whoops. Well, no, it's fine. We get. I'm sure they have some sort of listening thing that gets flagged up, and you get a warning on iTunes. And oh, I really? haven't had an email, so you're you're fine over there. I'm, I'm in the clear. You're in the clear. Yeah. So Don Foreman, he hasn't been cleared to off the pup yet. But if he does, expect big things from him. He looked good last season before picking up an Achilles late in the season. And then he's also got Ito Smith. So moving on to the wideouts, who have you got, Nick? I've got uh, Christian Kirk. I'm kind of sounding like a broken record with him a little bit here. But uh, I, I, as a player, I continue to be really excited about, kind of as the heir apparent to uh, to Larry uh, in, in Arizona. Um in fact, he's. I think he's actually tied with Calvin Ridley for the most targets uh, of any rookie wide receiver. So although he's not quite done the same with it as, as Ridley has, he's certainly getting the uh, getting the uh, getting the targets. Um, and uh, I think he seems to be starting to connect with uh, with Rosen. I mean, they're apparently they're friends from high school or something. They know each other well. They've played together before. Um, I'm not exactly sure in kind of what capacity, but there, there seems to be a sort of connection there, and I think that's something that can grow. and And I think is is he's the kind of player that you could probably be a bit excited about as a pickup for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think Josh Rosen tried to recruit him to UCLA when he got sort of draft not drafted, but 
taken there as a prospect. Mm. And I think Christian Kirk, off the top of my head, went to Oregon State. That could that sounds right, yeah. Um, I'm just going to drag up. I don't know if this will actually tell me now. It doesn't. But I think he went to Oregon. Somewhere like that. Possibly. <laughs> That's poor college knowledge letting me down. But yeah, so, I mean, I wonder if that ratio has increased since... Josh Rosen's taken over under centre. I wonder if when Sam Bradford was there, Christian Kirk received less targets. So I wonder if having Rosen there, like you say, their connection has increased over the last couple of weeks and is set to skyrocket and possibly... Well, we will go past Ridley now because Ridley's injured. Hmm. Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Damn. I should have just wrote that one out. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, no, it's fine. Um, It's better to be... um, it's better to be corrected than have people do it on the interwebs. So Murph's got Godwin, another Buccaneer. This is even worse than your Christian Kirk record, Nick. <laughs> All these Buccaneers popping up. He's only 44% owned, but he led the Bucks in targets this weekend, and he's got four touchdowns in five games, so definitely looking like... It surprises me how low the ownership is on him. I would have thought it was higher. I think I have him in one of my leagues, and... Uh... A treasured possession, so I uh, <laughs> definitely pick him up. Tread him to Murph. <laughs> and it's, he's also got Tyrell Williams, Chargers. One of the two Williamses at the Chargers. He's only 9% owned here. And he's now got more yards than Mike Williams. Uh, had a massive weekend. Two huge bomb touchdowns. 118 yards. And, you know, he's not going to get a lot of receptions because he is River's deep ball threat, but... If he's going to bust two touchdowns and 118 yards every so often, definitely a flex-worthy play. Have you got any other wide receivers, Nick? No, I don't. No, that's that was my lot. So yeah, Tyrell Williams, only 9% owned. I had him as well. I've also got Taylor Gabriel now. We were on the Gabriel train last week, but it went off this weekend, and second straight 100-yard game. He's, for me, a must-start wide receiver three or flex going forward. They've had their buy, and he's only 22% owned. So if you are struggling, if you're a Corey Davis or Amari Cooper owner, Taylor Gabriel is not a bad pickup. Next up, we have Albert Wilson of the Dolphins. This is its not so much the Tannehill Stills link anymore. It's now the <laughs> Osweiler, oh, I can't believe I'm saying this, Albert Wilson link. Now, keep an eye on the Tannehill situation, but Adam Gase did come out and say they're not sure on the severity of the injury and they don't know when he's next going to play. So if Brock Osweiler does suit up as the starting quarterback this weekend, then Albert Wilson is definitely relevant. He's only 9% owned and clearly is Osweiler's favourite target. I don't actually know who they have off the top of my head. To be fair, he's in front of me. He was the third highest scoring wide receiver this week. So they take on Detroit, then Houston, then the Jets, then Green Bay. So Albert Wilson's schedule is actually pretty nice. And he scored 33 points in PPR this week. Six receptions, 155 yards, and two touchdowns. Bosh. Do I have any other wide receivers? Oh, so <laughs> I've got a real super deep league, flex, boom or bust. Probably never heard of this chap before, ever. I hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> and his name's David Moore of the Seahawks. He scored three touchdowns in his last two games, and he's a real sneaky pickup. This is different to DJ Moore. They, yeah, he's the Carolina Panthers. Those are different people. They are different people. Right. So I'd never heard of D- David Moore. I don't even know if he's... I don't know when he was drafted. I know absolutely nothing about him whatsoever. Looking down my list now, and he's... he's there he is. David Moore, Seahawks. Let's have a quick look. So, yeah, he's owned in 3.4% of leagues. He didn't play the first three weeks. And he's only had... Oh, 
Okay, so he's a very deep play because he's only had seven receptions on the season. But on those seven receptions, he's averaged 43 yards and a touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he's super deep if you really need someone. And Sounds like they should be playing him a bit more. Yeah, well, they're on bye this week. So if you've got a stash, not sure on how Doug Baldwin's injuries are holding up. I benched Baldwin this week, but we won't talk about that. I feel like, to be honest, if you're picking up this guy, you're you're probably in a world of pain already. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, to be fair, if you do beat this guy up, let us know. Because <laughs> we'll s- kudos to you on the next podcast. Tight ends. Where are we at on tight ends? Nick, have you got any? I'm uh, Ricky Seals-Jones. <laughs> Another Cardinal. Another Cardinal. There is a massive theme here. <laughs> there is. A, in fact, my defence is the Cardinals as well. <laughs> Can't get out. Um... I feel like I haven't been a good enough fan to them recently because yeah, it, it's, it's pretty hard to... to, do, you, to... Do, do you know why? You, because you've suddenly gone on to supporting the Saints. Well, it? I wouldn't say it's sudden, but I'd say it's a gradual a, a gradual transition. Anyway. And under the radar is yeah. what it is. He's been pretty productive in the last two games. Uh, six targets in each of the last two games and, and, and scored 69 yards. I mean, it's never going to... Uh, it's not setting the world alight, but uh, feels like he's due a touchdown. <laughs> so, okay but I mean if he's getting that it's what six plus if, yeah you know nine points is not going to kill you at tight end no. if you're struggling no so if my tight ends average nine points a week I'd uh, be yeah. very happy well pick him up play him every week and we'll see how he does by the end of the season uh, I'll pass <laughs> so Murph's, I've got Gronk <laughs> although he's not been great either too. so uh, you're not going to be surprised who Murph has suggested at picking up a tight end it's Cameron Bright and uh, OJ Howard and he's also got Hooper of the Falcons. Austin Hooper, that is. Um, we'll get on to him in a second. Uh, tight ends. <laughs> I've got tight ends. Now, CJ Uzuma of the Bengals. Yep, I liked him as well. He is most definitely the tight end one there now with Eifert out for the season with a broken ankle. And Tyler Boyd also out with a foot injury. I don't know if that is season long. Uzuma is pretty much the only tight end on the roster. He's not going to get as good a matchup as he got this weekend against the Steelers because the Steelers are the number one they give up the most points to tight ends so far this season but he's Andy Dalton's safety blanket we've seen how much he liked Tyler Eifert in the red zone so if CJ Uzuma can score half the tight end touchdowns that Eifert scored then he's going to be a decent pickup. I've got him in a couple of leagues but he's only 32% owned so go out and get your Uzumas that should definitely be a sound drop somewhere along the line and then this is a real out there, no one. I actually wrote about this guy in my Jets opener on at Dynasty Happy Hour. Nice link. Yep, thanks. <laughs> so Chris Herndon, he is 0% owned in ESPN leagues. Now he is, he's emerged as the tight end for the Jets. And like I mentioned earlier, the Jets are a powerhouse on offense at the moment. Now, I'm not saying this is going <laughs> to last at all if if it doesn't get past the next game I would not be surprised whatsoever but like I said he came out of the U in Miami as a pure pass catching tight end so he's not going to be blocking I, I don't even know if they've got a blocking tight end he's a stash at the moment and it's a deep stash considering he's 0% owned but if you are going to stash him and are lagging at tight end I mean if you've got Ricky Seals Jones for instance and he's not putting up the numbers as Nick suggests and you've got this guy on the bench and he breaks out, you're going to thank me. Guess how much Chris Herndon's contract is worth. <sighs> what year is he in? Uh, he signed a four-year contract in 2018, so presumably he came off his rookie 
contract then, so maybe it's his third or fourth year, I guess. Like that. So, per annum? Uh, no. In total. total? So, over the four years, over I reckon he's years. on $185,000. Uh, you'd be wrong. Uh, he is on a total of $3.7 million. <laughs> that's not bad for somebody 0% of ESPN no. League's own given that Alvin Kamara makes 800k I think um, yeah, that will change Come that on. will change that will change just out of interest Alvin Kamara um, in the Dynasty League there's been some trade banter flying about for Alvin Kamara Joe's been trying to get Alvin Kamara off of Luke what do you think Alvin Kamara is worth trade wise what would you if you had Alvin Kamara what would you be willing to I, I do have him in at least one league well, the thing—I mean, I think of him as like a high-end RB two combined with a high-end wide receiver two, yep. effectively. So you probably trade him for that kind of thing. I would—I would trade him for the likes of I don't know, like a Keenan Allen plus a plus Keenan Allen plus Keenan Allen plus Keenan Allen plus like a oh, I don't know, some kind of decent. Probably David Johnson, given given, uh, given his past record. But, but. <laughs> if I had Kamara, I would take Keenan Allen and David Johnson off. Yeah, day. yeah. Well, you've got to, you've got to ask for the. So I, th- I think Joe stars. Joe offered him Mike Evans plus an average running back, something like that. And yeah, that seems a bit cheap. Yeah, um, I mean he's capable of putting up thirty, forty points in a week. I mean with Ingram back, maybe less so. Yep. but he's still just a awesome awesome player and you think about kind of replacement value i think he's you, you need you need two very high starters for him i think so he's all interesting see because looking at luke's team this isn't great audio for everyone else's thing but luke's team's pretty stacked at wide receiver and running back but he's got jared cook as his tight end now i offered him straight up kelsey for alvin kamara i don't know why you'd take that we didn't I'm just saying, I I wouldn't be prepared to offer any more for that because really, I, yeah, because just because I don't, I wouldn't want to give up more talent just to get Alvin Kamara. You know, if you think, for instance, I picked up, I know I just traded him, but I picked up Tyler Boyd off the waivers, and if he scores 25 points a week, yeah, that's too big a margin to give up someone like a Keenan Allen and, for instance, a T. If you, for, so would you take Tyreek Cohen and Keenan Allen for Kamara? Yeah, yeah, I think that's the sort of. So I for me, consider. that's way too much to give up to get one player back, especially if Mark Ingram starts to severely because England's contract's coming up. Mm. Then they're they're just going to pound him. They're going to absolutely pound him. And then come the end of the season, they're going to dump him because they won't be able to afford to renew his contract. Yeah. And then in a couple of years, because I think Kamara was third, fourth round rookie, so his contract won't be five years. And then in two or three years, when Kamara comes around and says, "Well, hold up, I want Lev Bell's money because I'm as good as Lev Bell," which. Mm. Uh, so far, he's proving. Yeah, they're not going to be able to afford to pay both. So I, I would, I, I think you with Kamara, you get a couple of things. One is is the especially in PPR leagues, the fact that he catches the ball a lot, and I think um, that sort of adds something to his, his his kind of value. But I think also you watch the way he plays and the way he slips tackles, and I mean he gets hit a fair bit, but he very rarely takes it fully like I think and I'll probably get proven wrong because he'll get injured next week but uh, I think he's his compared to a real kind of bruiser of a running back um, uh, I think his injury risk is a is a fair bit lower so I, I yeah I, I would tend really? to value him very highly you think his injury risk is lower yeah he's tiny he is tiny he is absolutely but he, you, you watch him when he gets hit and he very rarely takes hits full on 
for like yeah. He always kind of he's trying to slip tackles and he moves, and that's what makes him such a great player. But he he doesn't spend a lot of the time on the ground. No, that's true. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I just I I thought that Kelsey straight up for. I mean, if you're giving up, yeah, star running back, but then you've got enough depth. Kelsey is going to outscore Jared Cook by a lot more than Kamara will outscore another running back one or two. But if you're giving up a running back one, you need a replacement average running back one or two in so, addition. No, but what I'm saying is if you've got the depth to fill that hole already on your roster. Right. So say you've got four or five running back one or twos. Just but who has that? Like in this, in, there are only four or five running back one's in the, well, in the, in the, in the NFL right No, but now. by running back one, I mean top 12. Okay. So everybody, the top 12 running backs are classed as ones. The yeah, top, the yeah, next 12 yeah. are running back twos. So if you drafted well or managed to pick up someone, and for instance, you had four. But I think there are, are there are not enough. I, I, I can't foresee many situations where there are enough elite running backs in your team in order for you to drop Alvin Kamara and not pick up a solid RB2. So you think his, you'd need to give place. up Kelsey plus an RB2? Yeah, Kelsey plus... Yeah, maybe it's it's lower than uh, Cohen, but it's. I, I think it, you still need someone that you wouldn't be able to get a hold of, the likes of on the waiver wire. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I thought my I thought my deal was fair in in value just because of the strength of his side compared to the hole he has at tight end. Mm. But yeah, interesting. Um, <clears throat> where were we? Oh, waivers, <laughs> DSTs. Now, I've clicked on something and my phone's gone bananas. Murph's DSTs. <clears throat> Chargers, uh, 56.8% owned. They got the Titans this week. And <laughs> if the tar- Chargers can do half of what the Ravens did to the Titans last week, it's in London, hopefully going to go. Um, yeah, you're looking at six sacks and decent day for the Chargers. He's also got the Cardinals. I imagine they're one, you're there. You're... Cardinals were, were my one as well. Oh, well, I'll leave them, them for you to talk about. He's got the Texans against the Jags. That's because Blake Bortles is... Abysmal. Dire. Yeah, there's... I'm, a couple of weeks ago, I was blowing his trumpet, and now I'm... <laughs> I dropped him for Trubisky. That was fun. And it's panned out. It has, yeah. And then he's got the Falcons against the Giants, who are also pretty poor. Uh, but I can see that one turning into a gunslinger, just because the Falcons' D isn't great with all the injuries they have in the secondary. Mm. So well, you, Cardinals, Cardinals, yeah. I, I just think the pass defence is getting better. They're up against the Broncos this week. It should be a pretty low-scoring game. Uh, neither of those two offences are, are, are firing on all cylinders. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that's a, a decent choice. So I also have the Cardinals, which is... Unusual. Three, three for three. And go pick the cards up. I don't know what their slate is. I don't know when their buy is. <clears throat> but, yeah, not a bad choice, the Cardinals. I've also got the Dolphins. I don't have any... For some reason, I don't have any of my right up with these and the Colts. So, <laughs> pretty poor on my part there, guys. But, yeah, so my, my DSTs are the Cardinals, Dolphins and Colts. Let's move on to Murph on the streets. Now, as you've probably heard by now, Murph is not here. <laughs> There is a uh, large Murph-sized hole in the chair in between Nick and I, and his voice has been missed. There's also a space to our other opposite side of the table, which Sparky is not sat at either. Sparky has not provided any waivers this week, so if you have listened to the show before, you'll know that Murph on the Streets is a little stat segment in which Murph comes up with some gems that we can all learn on. So I don't know if you're looking at it in front of you, Nick. Do you have it? 
Uh, I am, yes. So go for it. Give your first Murph on the Street. Um, so I've got Tom Brady. Brady becoming the third player, age 41 or over, with two rushing touchdowns in a single season, joining Doug Flutie and Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> okay, I've never heard of either of those. I can't say I have either. <laughs> Tom Brady. I've heard of Vinny Testaverde. But yeah, so Tom Brady making NFL history uh, tell us something we don't already know. No such player has reached three rushing touchdowns in a season. So it would, would not surprise me if Tom Brady goes on to break another rushing touchdown record. I feel like when you when you start layering one statistic on top of another, it's like, if they've done this, then they've also done this. It's like classic American sports. It's just like, what does that even mean? Yeah. I suppose you, you do stats quite often in your day job as well, so <laughs> not going to argue with that on this one. This weekend... So, historic days in the NFL this weekend. So it was the first season with an overtime game in each of the first six weeks. I, I, yeah, overtime, I think last season was only one or two, and for have six. It, mm. it, Nick's winner later on is a little bit about quarterback scoring. Uh, I'll leave that to you, Nick, but it doesn't surprise me that more games have gone to overtime with quarterbacks doing what they're doing. Uh, Tom Brady becomes the first quarterback with 200 wins. We mentioned Adam Thielen earlier and he's got the most receptions in his team's first six games and that's 58 wow that's like 10 points a week in PPR without having any yardage mm. you could have gone backwards and got like yeah last points, but, uh. <laughs> um, my beloved Denver Broncos are the first team to allow 200 plus yard rushers in consecutive games so nice. <laughs> well done Orange <laughs> uh, Todd Gurley Hopefully the Cardinals will have a chance to stay on the field this time. Yeah. Well, is that who they've got, the Broncos? Yeah. Oh, so fire up David Johnson. If there's a week yeah. for him to come good, it's this week. <laughs> Todd Gurley leads the NFL in rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, scrimmage yards, scrimmage touchdowns. And since being drafted... Hang on, wait, I'll give you his numbers. So he's leads the season this in rushing yards at 623. He's got nine rushing touchdowns, 870 yards from scrimmage, and 11 scrimmage touchdowns. In six weeks. Just let that soak in for a moment. But since being drafted in 2015, Gurley leads the NFL in rushing yards with 3,919. Rushing touchdowns at 38. Scrimmage yards at 5,469. And scrimmage touchdowns of 46. So he's pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, some decent stats there, Murph. Good job, buddy. Should we move on to winners and losers, Nick? And I'll let you go first because yours is first. Your winner is a bit of a stat. Yeah, so I have a winner this week being quarterbacks in general. Um, apart from Blake Balls. Apart from Blake Balls. <laughs> so I think the quarterback position once was described, I think fairly recently, as the hardest job in the world. I think it's, it's certainly it makes a strong case for it being the hardest job in sports. It's, it's extremely both mentally and physically uh, demanding. Um, but then the question is, this season, why are so many historically mediocre quarterbacks coming good? You had the sort of Fitz magic at the beginning of the year, and you've got, had general weeks where quarterbacks have been scoring insane number of points, seemingly out of nowhere. And uh, in general, offences are uh, doing well. Very high-scoring games. We've seen a lot of them. I guess uh, Kansas City and, and the Pats being a, being a case in point uh, last week. Um, but it seems to be a, a number of factors are kind of coming together which are really favouring offences, partly rule changes, uh, partly increased uh, offensive complexity, probably not matched by change, changes in, uh, in defensive strategies. 
You've got um, come some of the rookie quarterbacks coming in. They've played spread offenses in college, which require QBs to throw the ball a lot. So they've already thrown a lot into coverage uh, as they come into the NFL. Um, I think you've got an argument that uh, uh, the midfield is opening up. There was a change in rule relatively recently, which uh, prevented uh, contact on defenseless, defenseless receivers. Linebackers have had to get a bit smaller in order to uh, uh, in order to, to, to cover these faster and uh, more athletic white, um, receivers and, uh, and and tight ends. And now you have the uh, 2018 helmet to helmet rule, also kind of encouraging uh, passing the ball and. Uh, Finally, we're seeing that uh, quarterbacks are just getting rid of the ball. What's happened? The Falcons have just placed Devonta Freeman on the IR. Ah. Breaking news. Breaking news. Damn it. Oh, man. That app. Sorry, Nick. I literally just come through on the Sleeper app. That is brutal. That's killed me. <laughs> Carry on with your quarterbacks, that, Nick. Apologies. No, so, so I think my winner this week is the quarterback job is just getting easier and easier. And... Um, Maybe it's time to hand something to the defences. Yeah, well, no, I completely agree. I mean, you go back a few years and people weren't prepared to pass over the middle, into the middle of the field, just because of, you know, hits on wide receivers were vicious, so on and so forth like that. And there was there was more coverage. And now, like you say, with linebackers having to get smaller, there's less meat in the tackle. And with no contact, it's just, it makes it a lot a lot easier to mm. throw the ball. And like you say, spread and air raid offences from college are means quarterbacks come in a lot more pro ready and you give them a year and then you've seen what they've done with Jared Goff I mean you give him an easy playbook to follow with the wizardry of Sean McVay and all of a sudden he's (laughs) yeah and we're we're seeing these sort of average quarterbacks becoming great and we're seeing kind of the great quarterbacks just becoming godlike Um, so yeah I think uh, and all these offensive records being broken left right and centre so I think there's there's a a shift in the game that's more than just um, the talent of these quarterbacks. Would you like to do your losers now, or should we do all the winners and then the losers? Let's do all the winners, I think. Okay, so I'll do my winner, and my winner is Adam Thielen. Like I, like I said earlier, he's the sixth game over 100 yards. He's the first man in the Super Bowl era to do it. Um, he's three behind the all-time record, which was set by a Houston Oilers player. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Houston Oilers, Nick. I have. You have? Yes. So, okay, so I don't know who the guy he's following is, but it was in the 60s, I believe. So, like, don't quote me on that. I'm just trying to remember what I saw off Red Zone last night. But just the fact that Adam Thielen was undrafted, played in Minnesota, it's just a homegrown talent, and got picked up by the Vikings. They showed enough in him to keep him on, and he's suddenly become possibly the number one receiver in fantasy. I, ju- I just absolutely loved that. So the Houston Oilers were the uh, predecessor of the Tennessee Titans. That is the same franchise, uh, but they used to be based in Houston. Interesting. Didn't know that. I should have kept the name. <laughs> it's a better name than the Titans. It is. It's a bit more interesting. So let's move on to Murph's winner. And his winner, he's got two. One of them, surprisingly, <laughs> is the Buccaneers. <laughs> we'll start with that. Uh, Murph's winner Just is... They, uh, won the, a game. The whole Bucks nation. And that's for not having to deal with Mike Smith as the defensive coordinator anymore. It's got another woohoo and some exclamation marks. So go Bucks, fire the cannons. Let's see what happens from here on out. Hopefully more 300-yard games they give up because just fire up everybody against the Bucks. The players might have had something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. it's not all his fault. <laughs> and then he's got another winner, Tom Brady. He got one over the Mahomes, so the master discipl- disciplines the student. But it wasn't exactly a whooping. Uh, Mahomes 
still, like we said earlier, scored 27 points, looks legit. And on Nick's point about quarterbacks, <laughs> Mahomes is godly. Yeah. <laughs> so who's your loser? Uh, my, new, my loser is, uh, without uh, kind of carrying on from our theme from last week, is the uh, New York Giants. I, I think they're just kind of going from bad to worse. Like You've got this offense with Barkley and OBJ and all these weapons, but just unable to protect the quarterback, unable to get it going. I don't know how you fix it, but it's just just awful. Yeah, I think you need to... I think Eli's passed it now, and I think... You know he's not going to win them. He's not going to turn the franchise around and win the rest of the games this season. So I think it's probably wise for them to throw somebody else in and let Eli retire without having an absolutely awful season as his last season. Mm. Um, Davis Webb was the quarterback there, but I think he. There's another chap they drafted. Yeah, um, his name. Yeah, it's a strange name. Was it, he was like fourth or fifth round. Wasn't he? Yeah, but it would. I would. It would not surprise me to see the Giants tank their season and go and get Hubert. As the number one overall pick in next year's draft, he is the real deal. I don't know if you've seen any of his highlights, Nick, from college. I have not. Uh, I think his name's Justin Hubert. I could be well wrong there. Okay. Who, um, where does he play? <laughs> don't know. He could be. Uh, <laughs> look that up. I don't want to say Oregon again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, someone it, plays for Oregon. Um, but yeah, was uh, his surname Justin Hubert? Hubert or Herbert? I haven't no, have heard that. Yeah. Um, talking about him with Murph earlier in the week and. Just watching him on YouTube is, is Justin. Is name Justin? Uh, I'm guessing not. I've got someone who's a dad of four and first Dan Black Belt in Dan Black Belt in Taekwondo. I'm yep. guessing it's not him. Probably not him. Had him young. <laughs> <laughs> Next so, week we'll have a whole section on Justin Hubert or whatever his actual name yeah. is as a prospect. So, I apologise. <laughs> yeah, so he's probably going to go number one of the Giants just because he's that good and somebody of that quality. Coming into a team like you say with that many weapons, yeah, it makes you think that uh, Barkley was a mistake though. With all the good quarterback talent that yeah. went in round one, I mean the way Darnold's playing, the Jets' line O line is no better than the Giants' O line. I tweeted out a little thing a little while ago about the Giants' O line, and there was a picture of the O line in a pocket, and Manning was just stood in the middle of it, and what looks like hours of time, mm. and the fact he can't find OBJ or Shepard or Evan Ingram or Barkley out the backfield in that amount of time, mm. I think the pressure that the O-line is under isn't fair. I think Manning just isn't who he was. Mm. So if you can put somebody into that situation who can either offer play action or can throw a deep ball, because once OBJ's gone, he's gone. And I think Herbert Hubert, we've butchered this poor chap's name. <laughs> Apologies. Um so yeah, the Giants are your loser. Now Murph and I have gone along the same lines for losers this week, and that is Blake Bortles. Now <laughs> he's rubbish. He's like so bad. I think. I mean, the Jaguars can be a top team, and I think they're kind of. I think there's a risk that they're throwing away their Super Bowl generation potentially on with this quarterback. Do you think? that they should have signed Teddy Bridgewater I'm going to go with yes yeah <laughs> they should have signed everyone um, yeah he had a 15 of 26 for 149 yards one touchdown one interception we started a hashtag on Twitter last week and it's signed Mark Sanchez former Jets quarterback and again go get Mark Sanchez guys uh, just he offers something else that Bortles does not I also have another loser and uh, whew, it's me just my fantasy performance in the leagues that matter this week 
was absolutely abysmal. Stu turned me over an absolute rotten in Dynasty. Going into it, I think I was five points down on him. Then Dalvin Cook got ruled out um, in the warm-ups of the game, which really irritated me because it doesn't give you... If you don't get the notification, then he's in your starting lineup, and once the game's locked, yeah. you're cooked. Uh, Amari Cooper scored zero points, had no receptions, and got hit in the head. Corey Davis was in the shutout game <laughs> against the Ravens. Uh, just so on and so forth. I traded midweek for... I made some massive trades midweek just to try and free up some some extra points. Devonta Adams came in. He did well. Michael Thomas came in. He's on bye. So I'm hoping... Oh, also, yeah, like I mentioned a little while ago, Devonta Freeman came in, but they've just placed him on IR, which really hurts. Although Ito Smith, like we mentioned earlier, Nick, go and get Ito Smith now, guys. This episode should be live within half an hour. If you listen to the waivers, Ito Smith, his ownership is about to skyrocket. <laughs> so go get him. I mean, you've all probably got apps and stuff. Yeah, sign oh, Mark like Sanchez. He's owned by Five Yard Rush. Yeah, in, uh, all the leagues I can find. Is he? <laughs> Excellent news. <laughs> is he really? I own him everywhere. Uh, I've heard him too. I don't yeah. own him in the two quarterback league. Surely not. No, Murph has him. Oh no, I'm not in the two quarterback league. Yeah, you are one. The pan pan. Oh, the, the pandemonium. My one. The um. The one with your commission. <sighs> can't believe yeah, he it. is available <laughs> it's not fair <laughs> i'm doing i'm doing podcast stuff and picking up Ito Smith. he's on the waivers though surely he's waivers he's waivers, waivers. Yeah. what number are you did you win this week in the no pandemic? i lost yeah I, I went i had a perfect record until this week uh, uh, so i lost, I lost to, as well so there's a chance i'll be on the waivers ahead of you which is nice <laughs> um, get your claims in which is why guys i'm waiver number four you are waiver six damn it <laughs> damn it <laughs> Ah, oh, Freeman, it gets even worse. But I do suggest that everybody moves over from waiver priority to waiver budget, in which you blind bid on players and you only have a certain amount every week, every month, every season, sorry. And that way everybody gets a fair stab at players, just depending on how much they want to spend on them. That's interesting. I like that. Yeah. But we'll talk about more of that about that in the off season. Is there anything else you want to discuss this week, Nick? No, I don't think so. We've just about covered it. Are you planning on going? Yeah, Murph's just put on the group chat breaking news: Devonta, I, Devonta Freeman going on the IR. Ugh, terrible. Oh, Giants owner John Mara just now at owners meeting regarding Odell Beckham. I wish he would create the headlines by his plays on the field as opposed to what he says and what he does off the field. I think he needs to do a little more playing and a little less talking. That's good for someone you've just paid an absolute fortune to. <laughs> um, yeah, so wicked. Are you planning on going to any of the games, Nick, in London? I'm not, no. Uh, I haven't been to any of them. Uh, I th- I mean, generally the lineup was not so good this year as it was last year. No. Um, and there was only three games rather than four. Uh, the the last game is the Eagles versus the Jags. Jags. Yeah, I would like to have gone to that one, um, but I, I do not have tickets. Are you so in the country? I am in the country. Well, my tickets may well be for sale. Well, then I may well <laughs> purchase them. Possibly. I uh, have to speak to the wife about that one. <laughs> so... That's about it for this week, guys. Don't forget to go, or don't forget, go and find the podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean. Give us a little listen. Give us a rating and review. We'd love some five-star reviews. Tell your friends, your mums, your brothers, sisters, dads, neighbours. Just review us. You can listen if you want, but just give us a review. It helps us go up. I'll tell you what, I'm going to shout out another podcast quickly. The UK Bucks podcast. They get Murph went on as a guest a couple of weeks ago and they gave us a little shout out last night on their podcast 
telling them to come over here and hit us up for fantasy information. We just gave it to you with Ito Smith. You know, those guys, there were a couple of Brits talking about the Buccaneers and the podcast is really interesting, entertaining, and they do it all live with no editing, which is massive kudos to them. Shout out to the UK Bucks. Go find them on Twitter and Podbean. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter. It's at 5yardrush. Smashing out some content. So, Nick, I hope you have a better week seven than you did week six. Me too, likewise. I yeah, hope you do me too. too. <laughs> I need some wins. I'm getting too far away from playoff spots. And as yeah. somebody who hosts a fantasy podcast, we should be further up than this. I mean, you, you've got a couple of unbeaten teams. Well, nearly unbeaten. Yeah, yeah, but the Dynasty League is problems. I think I'm, uh, apart from uh, D-Dub, who's going strong at 0-6, um, <laughs> I think I'm, apart from him, I'm, I'm, I'm ninth from that league. So. Wicked. So, Room for improvement. Yes. And on that note, we shall finish. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Murph will be in that back next week. Sparky might make an appearance, but he's doing his best levy on Bell. Probably be on by next week. Sparky. Have you been in back? No. Uh, you used to pint a beer? No. He's, he's he's almost like to the crate level of repentance now of not turning up to the podcast. But <laughs> Sparky, give us a listen. Let us know what you think. Bring the beer whenever you turn up. Nick, it's been fun. It's been awesome. Until next week, guys. Don't forget, keep rushing. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.